0: Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. We've got another wonderful show in store for you with a very special guest on the phone today. I'm very happy that uh, she finally gets to join us today on the show. But first, of course, we have our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. So let's get started with our quotes. All right, first from Mike Dooley in the universe. Remember, you're always granted lots of leeway, wiggle room, and tolerance when engaging life's magic. You pretty much just need to have a dream and show up and then wands start waving all over the place. Abra Shazam, the universe. Ah, We love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Uh, reminding us that um, when we really want to engage in life's magic, when we're really looking to uh, create from that place of wonder and innocence and awe, that there are a lot of ways of getting there. But the basic, most fundamental way in which we create is to start with a dream, to have that vision, to just put our energy towards a particular direction. And then, ah, then it's magic can happen. Now says there's lots of wiggle room. There's wiggle room in all directions, which means that there is a certain amount of buffer room. There is a certain amount of time in between when we put out our energy, we put out this dream, we put out this vision uh, to the universe and when it actually manifests. Because what happens lots and lots and lots of times is we put out a vision and then we change our minds. And maybe we don't completely change the vision, but we refine it. We add to it. We make it juicier. We add more details. And we really dig into the depths of it and realize, well, I don't, don't just want this. I want this that looks like that with this and that. And we, we really build up this beautiful, intricate picture in our mind of what it is exactly that we want to manifest. And those of you who are manifestors out there, you know, because you have manifested things without really getting into the details, and it manifested the way you envisioned it without those details, and it wasn't quite the way you wanted it. It didn't quite run through the way you wanted it to run through. So... The universe gives us some time. There's that buffer of time that gives us a little bit of time before it actually brings our dreams and our visions into reality. It gives us that time out of compassion to uh, allow us to change our minds. Now, how long is that buffer of time? How big is it? Well, that all depends on us. It depends on how much resistance we actually have inside of ourselves to bringing that thing into reality, into manifestation. So the more resistance we have, the longer it takes us to line up our energy with that which we say we want, with our dreams. And it, what gives us resistance is all kinds of things, whether we feel we deserve it or not, Um you know is it truly our hearts desire Uh, you know do we think that well if I manifest this something's gonna go wrong and it's gonna be taken away from me like all of these crazy thoughts uh, that are not in alignment with the energy of the thing we want to manifest they all pull us away from it or it's kind of like you're driving your car but you've got one foot on the brake so the car still will go forward but it's going forward much slower than it would if we just totally take our foot off the brake. And we all have our foot on the brake. We all do. Just different people have it on at different levels of pressure, different levels of resistance. So those people who have worked out a lot of their stuff and have less resistance to manifesting what they want, their foot is way further back. But those of us who are you know have more resistance in us and have that foot further down on the pedal we're going much more slowly so the universe is very kind and very generous and will bring us whatever it is that we want but it's up to us to line up with it internally externally the whole bit and we've talked lots and lots and lots on the show in different episodes on what are the different practices we can do to line up? You know, visioning is one thing, um, but really bringing it into reality is another. All right, a great quote from the universe. Ooh, before I get to our quote from Abraham, welcome, Joan, Amy, Paulette. Pleasure to see you on the Facebook Live. Thank you for joining us. Um, oh, and Layden, thank you. Hey, Layden, is uh, is uh, Candy uh, listening with you? I hope so. All right, let's see what Abraham has in store for us. The best thing you could do for anyone that you love is be happy. And the very worst thing that you could do for anyone that you love is to be unhappy. And then ask them to try to change it when there is nothing that anyone else can do that will make you happy. If it is your dominant intent to hold yourself in vibrational harmony with who you really are, You could never offer any action that would cause anybody else to be unhappy. Abraham. Ooh, this is a good quote. This is a good one because it deals with a couple of different things. And the first thing is, you know, sometimes we have this tendency to think that, oh, so-and-so feels sad. I have to empathize with them, feel sad with them. And no, what Abraham is saying here is that regardless of how close you are or are not to any individual person in your life, the best thing you can do is to hold yourself in the vibration of joy, happiness, elation, to feel good. Because if we feel bad, we're not lifting up anybody's vibration. In fact, we're either dragging theirs down Or we're at the same level that their lower vibration is and we're just keeping them there and they're keeping us there and on top of that if we're unhappy and we ask somebody else to do something to make us happy then we're like getting a double whammy because there's nothing that anybody else can do to bring up our vibration our feeling our happiness it is purely up to us. It's an inside job. It's up to us to work out what is it that is causing the resistance that is our interpretation that is allowing us to feel sad, depressed, unhappy, whatever it is. And, and I've said this before and I'll say it again because it is so, so important. Nobody else's happiness is dependent on upon us and as a matter of fact everybody wants something completely different from us our friends our family our lovers our co-workers our bosses our customers our clients our vendors that everybody wants something different from us and if it and and if it's up to us to make them all happy we cannot stand on our head in enough different directions and contort ourselves enough different ways to make everybody happy all the time And just like we can't make everybody else happy in our lives, nobody else in our lives is responsible for our own happiness. Only we are responsible for our own happiness. And if we're not happy, it has to do with our own internal resistance to lining up with who and what we truly are. Because if we are truly in vibrational harmony in alignment with our soul, our spirit, our energy, whatever you want to call it, our life force, when we're truly in alignment with it, we are naturally grateful, happy, joyful. It is only because we focus on things that feel like resistance that cause us to lower our vibration and cause us to not be happy. When you look at little children wandering around, they're giggling, laughing for no reason at all. That is our natural state. And when we are in our natural state, we are naturally joyful and happy. It is only because how we interpret things, our perspective on life, On nature on what is going on it is only because our story behind all of this that we hold ourselves back in resistance and we do not allow ourselves to be happy and society is glad to support us in that society doesn't want us to be too happy So, society is going to be, oh, you poor thing. Oh, you lost your parent. Oh, you you lost your job. Oh, of course, you know, you have a little pain in your finger. Oh, it's so sad. You know, tears come out. No, it's not so sad. It is only sad because we make it sad. And we make it sad because of the reinforcement we get from society that this is a bad thing. And when we remove that judgment, when we remove our having to say this is good and this is bad and just accept life for what it is, then we can be happy no matter what is going on because we know life is unfolding exactly the way it is supposed to. That life is perfect exactly the way it is. The indigenous cultures and tribes that live in the jungle—they know this. You know, I've—I've—I've—I I have not had the personal honor and privilege to be with them down in South America and Africa and in various continents around the world where the indigenous cultures still uh, still exist, but I've talked with many people who've been there. I've seen the pictures. I've seen the documentaries. I've seen the movies. It's a very simple life and they're happy because they're living in alignment with nature. They're not trying to conquer nature. They're not trying to control nature. They're not judging what happens as good as bad. To them, it's all just perfect. Now, this is not to say that we need to throw away all our technology and throw away everything and, you know, live uh, in the jungle. But if we can learn to cultivate that same awareness, that same innocence, that same beauty of uh, just living in harmony and knowing everything is perfect, then we line up with who and what we truly are deep inside and then we can be happy we can be joyful regardless of our external circumstances because external circumstances are always going to change they're always going to be not exactly what we want but we can be what we want and we can live in our hearts and we can choose and it is a choice you don't have to choose it but personally, I don't know why we wouldn't. We can choose to live in the moment and to be happy with everything around us. Now, look, we're human beings. I get it. We're all going to have moments where we're not happy. We're all going to fall into that trap. Just, It's more uh, just a time to be more uh, uh, gentle and kind to ourselves, forgive ourselves, and to know that we're just human beings and to still lean in the direction we want to go and that direction is to lean in the direction of happiness and joy. So, two wonderful, amazing quotes of the day from Mike Dooley in the universe and from Abraham and so apropos for our guest who I will bring on right after this break. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. and we'll be right back After these messages.
1: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
0: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am so pleased and joyful that you are all here with me today. Just want to welcome to the Facebook Live, Keith and Erica. Thank you guys for joining us as well. Uh, Keep piling on. And again, if you enjoy the conversation, if you're enjoying the, the interview, please share it with your friends and and you know uh, if you want to ask questions just type it in, right into the comment section of the video or you can call us at 877-480-4120 and now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome soul guide shamanic healer award-winning author and inspirational speaker Kerry Hummingbird Carrie has over 20 years of experience in leading by inspiration and has a special passion for empowering women to be the artists of their lives. She mentors women to rewrite the story of their lives through inner transformation, connection to essence, re-embrace of purpose, and realignment to authenticity and truth. She is certified in several modalities, including energy medicine by the Four Winds Light Body School, spiritual coach by the Artist of the Spirit Coaching Training Program, and Heather Ashomara, former guest of the show. Empowerment and Firewalk by uh, uh, Sundur, and is a warrior goddess facilitator. You know this powerful woman. In 2014, uh, the Indie Spiritual Book Awards conferred the honor of best in category to Awaken to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love, And in 2015, it won the Pinnacle Best in Category for Self-Help and National Indie Excellence Award winner in Category for Spirituality. Her 2015 best-selling book, From We to Me, Emerging Self After Divorce, reached number 16 in the Divorce category on Amazon. Prior to her career as a soul guide, uh, Kerry had a 20-year career a career as a technical and marketing communications consultant in both Silicon Valley and Austin high-tech communities. She has also inspired and led over 150 artists to open their studios to the public as the executive director of the nonprofit Silicon Valley Open Studios in the San Francisco Bay Area. This woman is no slouch. Give it up for Carrie Hummingbird. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Carrie.
1: Oh, Sam. Thanks for having me on. You know, I love you. Uh, I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm excited (laughs) to have you on the show. It was great to see you this past weekend at the uh, EBC training weekend with Satyan Raja, who was just amazing, wasn't he?
1: So powerful. Talk about presence and contact and filling up the space. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He was totally awesome. Okay. So, you, um, you know, this is great. I love interviewing my friends because I get to know them even better. So um, I didn't realize that, that you had a career in sort of the technical side of things, doing uh, 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 marketing communications and, and being a consultant. Um, when did you kind of find that you got pulled into this more spiritual direction? I mean, you, were, were you always kind of you know talking to angels and 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 walking this path or 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 was this something that evolved over time
1: Well, you know, it's such a good question and I would say that I I basically started this path of healing out of necessity, you know. Mm. I think as a lot of us do. Yeah. Your life kind of crashes and burns and and then you've got to do something to pick up the pieces and that was definitely uh, the case with me. So the technical stuff I did because uh, my dad, he said, you know, if you're going to go to a liberal arts college, you'd better get something you can get a job with. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Very practical. Yes. And I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be an artist. So I, I always kept my art up, but my writing I, I used for this, you know, this technical thing. So right. I did that for a long time until okay. I couldn't do it anymore. Ah yeah
0: and then so when did you make this transition to a spiritual guide
1: you know so for most of my life from the time I was 15 I was in psychotherapy to fix Ah, myself mm -hmm, essentially right and I did that for 20 years very very consistently on the couch talking about it week after week after week after week after week and thinking that was gonna fix it Right. <laughs> and then about uh, Eight years or so ago I said, you know That's not fixing it because it's just gotten Really crazy and it's not not Getting better, it's getting worse right. So I actually Walked out of my 20 year relationship I walked out of psychotherapy I said, you know what, I'm just going to be bad You know, because ah. it feels like It's stuck here in this bad right. place I'm just going to be it, you know, right. why resist it And of course within about six months I met a spiritual mentor that was a yogi and then right on the heels of that I met uh, a man who's a shamanic practitioner and teaches indigenous wisdom and Mm. as soon as I fell into that track things started getting better and Mm. I had a healing session that was amazing in 45 minutes I felt different I was fundamentally changed and that woke me up and I said whatever that is I don't even know what that is. I'm doing that. And so I <laughs> right there started training.
0: <laughs> it's like, I don't know what it is, but I got to do it. Right. <laughs> I it love doesn't it.
1: even matter. Like, however that is, I'm learning that. So I started dedicating myself to learning it.
0: Ah. and And I imagine like the people around you weren't too happy with this transition because you kind of <laughs> went from like a normal human being into this crazy person, didn't you?
1: Oh, totally. Well, you know, it's so, so ironic, the word crazy, right. because for most of my life, that's the one word that always came out the most out of my mother's mouth. You're so crazy. You're crazy. Uh, You're, crazy. You're crazy. But okay. I held down the, the, uh, the job that was expected of me. Right. I held right. down the respectable, you know, career path and the tech, high right. tech and all of this. Right. And I was very sought after. People wanted to hire me. And as soon as I started this path though, this shamanic path, I started finding out who I really am mm. underneath all that stuff, I found out, wow, I don't even fit in any of that. That actually <laughs> was a bad fit for me. You know, right. I needed to not be in that space. And I think it was right it was near the beginning of the, the journey that I got this spirit guide. I got a vision in a drum journey meditation, I got this vision of hummingbird. Ah. And it was powerful. You were talking about manifesting at the beginning of the show. Right. And I was manifesting. I was manifesting my new house. I was going to buy this house. It was going to be my house, you know, uh, no longer the uh, the supported one, but I'm going to buy my own house. Mm. And I was doing this journey meditation to manifest buying this house because it mm-hmm. had already been under contract. Uh-huh. And at the end of the journey, you know, the whole journey, I'm visualizing, like, being in the space, and it's mine, and I'm having parties, and I'm enjoying myself, and I'm making the whole thing up. And at the end of the vision, this hummingbird in rainbow light rose up in the kitchen window of this vision as I'm standing in the kitchen in my vision. Here's this hummingbird. And it was, like, time stopped. Everything expanded. I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't make it happen. It was so powerful that in the next second, in reality, the phone rang, and I had the house.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. That
1: so, blew my mind.
3: You know?
0: Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> it that totally must
3: blew sense. my mind.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, you, you're in the middle of this, like, uh, v- spiritual vision and and the very thing that you wanted to manifest comes to you like in the next second. That that is truly uh, uh, powerful.
1: It was it was amazing. So I looked up hummingbird, and everything it said as an animal spirit guide was me. It was me the whole way. Like what kind so of
0: characteristics?
1: I, like stepping outside of time. Um, anything is possible believing in magic, you know, believing that um, you can change your whole world, like all this stuff that I, I just believed, but mm. nobody around me ever believed it. Uh, so I was crazy, right? Right. But here I am, Honeybird's like, no, you're right on. You know, here you go. <laughs> you know? mm. And here's the proof. Like in the next second, you've got your house. So I I took on the name. I knew it was me. I was a messenger of spirit. I was here mm. to bring a message. I didn't know what the full message was yet, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I got to do this. Right, this is right. powerful.
0: Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing.
1: Yeah. And, and so- then I came out on mm-hmm. LinkedIn mm-hmm. as Carrie Hummingbird about a year later, Sam. Ah. <laughs> Talk about a leap of faith.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of reaction did you initially get to that?
1: You know, I came out on Facebook first uh-huh. and it was funny because people... They just thought, Wow, that's you. It's
3: wow. okay. Yeah. Like,
1: that's completely who you are.
3: Right, right.
1: And LinkedIn they you know, you know, people with in a business audience they don't just they won't just come out and tell you what they think, right? right. They'll sort of talk about it behind your back. So <laughs> I I can only guess mm. what people are thinking. But now it's so natural, now it's just accepted this is who I am.
0: Right, absolutely. And anyone who's met you will just know it's like, Yes, she's Carrie Armingburg. absolutely. Um, so I'm just curious, when you sort of started to make this transition and, and you, know, you left your job, how long did it take you to build up your practice and build up clientele that you were able to like, fully support yourself doing sh- you know, the healing work and shamanic work and all the, the other things that you do?
1: Well, so it took a while to learn uh, right. and to go and get studies. Mm-hmm. So eight years from the ah, first shamanic okay. healing I had until today. Okay. which I think is pretty fast, actually, for this yeah, path. It's, yeah, It's a powerful path. There's a lot to know, and it, it, to be a clear channel for others means you've got to do a lot of personal work to be the hollow bone, to clear right. out all the stuff in the middle of your channel that is your perception, your projection, your emotional content that never got healed. All of that stuff needs to be healed out of you right. to be a clear channel for spirit.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's a lot of internal work, and it's not always easy work, right? It can be pretty difficult, and that's why not a lot of people really get there.
1: Well, you were talking at the beginning of the broadcast about, um, you know, being happy and what does happiness mm-hmm. mean. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you you talked about that today because years ago, my happiness was definitely derived from outside of me. Mm. You know, everything in my happiness is, well, did somebody celebrate me? Did somebody make me feel good today? Did I get a gift? Did I get a present? Did I get an acknowledgement? Did I get validated? You know, everything was outside. Mm -hmm. And along this journey of transformation with the spiritual work is this recognition that none of it's outside. It's all inside. Like, the, Mm -hmm. the truer source, the more deeply fulfilling source is on the inside. Right. And, you know, you can still... I I recognize it now as a trap Mm. to think that my happiness is dependent on anything other than my connection to source. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Even yesterday, I had my 50th birthday.
3: Yay.
0: Oh, happy birthday, belated happy birthday. Yes.
1: Thank you. Half century. (laughs) And, you know, we can get caught in this social media thing, right? Like, we can get caught in ideas about how birthdays are celebrated and what that means about our value or our worth, right? Mm Mm-hmm we can get trapped in these comparisons. And I caught myself starting to get trapped there a little bit because oh. I didn't have, like, a huge party. You know, I right. my husband and I went off for the day, and we had a wonderful day. It was beautiful. He took right. me dancing, all these wonderful oh. things. But for somebody's 50th birthday, sometimes if you look online, you think, oh, well, I in order to do this right, you know, I should have this big party or something. Oh, you know, right. we can start getting trapped in this idea yeah. of yeah. what creates happiness. Right.
0: And, and it's really and we're just comparing ourselves to other people and not really appreciating ourselves for who and what we are. So, yes, that, that is a very big trap. OK, it, it's time for us to take a quick break, Carrie. So I want you to hold on. And when we come back, I want to just uh, ask you about your books and then about the, the work that you do. OK,
1: awesome.
0: OK, great. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And we'll be right back after these messages.
1: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
4: Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. The best designs for your life start...
0: back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live. And before I get back to my guest, Carrie Hummingbird, I I just wanted to let you know, I've I've talked about it before, um, it's the last two days of the Sacred Success Salon uh, which is that free online interview series that my dear friend Anna Kowalska, former host on talkradio.nyc, um, which is for business owners who know that there is something bigger, more fulfilling, awaiting for them to step into. Uh, tomorrow, the 28th, uh, June 28th, is uh, my interview with Car- uh, with Anna. Uh, it's, I'm the last interview she's airing of the series, but there's 23 other amazing experts um, and I'm sure the, the recordings will be available afterwards, so all you need to do is go to this uh, URL. It's talkradio.nyc/success. And so you go to talkradio.nyc/success. It'll take you to the registration page. You register, and you'll have access to the to the uh, interviews. Um, there was an amazing interview with Anna interviewing me. A great conversation. Uh, uh, please go and and support Anna. She's a wonderful human being. And uh, we had a great time. And this is, uh, you know, almost the end of the month. So this is the last opportunity. So go do it, do it now, right now. Well, not right now. As soon as the show is over, then go do it. Okay. So Carrie, um, you know, I didn't realize until I I, I was looking at your bio that that you had actually written two books that had become uh, award-winning and best-selling books. What was the inspiration for you for the first book, Awakening to Me?
1: Well, Awakening to Me was an assignment from Spirit. You know, when you get those assignments, ah. and the Spirit says, you're going to do this. And okay. you say, I don't want to. And Spirit says, you're doing it. <laughs> so that was kind of That's that first funny. book. I heard the message that said, you're going to start writing about your journey of healing, and you're going to be honest and transparent and vulnerable the entire way through and document the process. Because you're charting the course out of madness. (laughs) Mm. I was like, okay, I guess I'll do that. (laughs) So that's what that book was.
0: Wow. How long did it take you to write the book?
1: Two years. It took me two years from the beginning when I first got the message. So that, that... book documents the first two years of my healing and my recovery right. from the psychotherapy induced way of thinking about things and the mind tunnel right. into a more authentic true connection with my source and my oh. own divine journey right. and so it's a powerful story for anybody who's uh you know who's really trying to change their life or to to get in touch with themselves and who they really are right. out of uh you know sort of this this conditioning, this social conditioning.
0: Right, right, yes, yes. And there's lots and lots of social conditioning. Um, I know sometimes when we were reviewing over our, our healing journey that sometimes we, we find some things in the process that surprise us about ourselves. Did, did you find anything in, in, in actually documenting the whole thing that really surprised you?
1: I was very surprised along the way because every single time I thought I was done with that book, Mm-hmm. I wasn't done. Then I would have another experience I knew needed to go in the
3: book. Oh. And it
1: was sort of like that shaking the fist at the heavens thing right. happened like the entire way through that book. And right. I I wanted it to be done. I wanted to be healed. I wanted to be fixed. I wanted to be happy. I wanted it all done. And so I could, I don't know, wrap the present, put a little <laughs> bow on it and say, okay, I'm complete. You know, like, right. I'm right. acceptable now. Right. And it doesn't work that way. It right. really... The journey continues. I mean, right. ever since I published that book, the journey hasn't stopped. Right. It's continued.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. As, as a good friend of mine likes to say, it's that lifelong PhD process.
1: <laughs> it's the path of mastery. And when you choose yes. the path of mastery, what happens is you become conscious, like you were talking about in the intro. You become really conscious of everything happening in your life is happening for you. Right. Even the really crappy stuff that you yeah. wish was not happening is happening for you.
0: Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. That was a big lesson that we got from that weekend with Jennifer Huff of uh, you know, life happens for you, not to you. And, and ever since that weekend, I've been using that phrase over and over and over again and telling it to everybody because <laughs> it just resonates so deeply with me. Um, and then, uh, and then, so so that was your first assignment from Spirit. So then, when did uh, from we to me emerging self after divorce? W- w- what brought that one about? The next, and you published that like the following year. So that was pretty. Yeah, quick. I
1: published that two years later. I would say that book stems from a compulsive need to understand things. Uh, uh. So I I had been in a twenty year relationship with my former partner. Mm-hmm. and had two two beautiful sons with him mm-hmm. and we had a uh, a very tumultuous relationship and mm-hmm. i wanted to understand it because my identity was still all wrapped up in it and uh-huh. i was trying to find myself as as liberated from that as as a unique being you know right. as someone that was alive on the planet having my own journey And there was so many entanglements with my former spouse and with my parents and, you know, all of my conditioning, I wanted to find myself. So that book actually Uh, was about my process of healing and untangling myself from all of that um, mess so that I could speak my own truth. And I was hoping that in the process of that, it might help other people who were also unentangling from codependent structures.
3: Right, right.
0: And in a way, that's kind of the essence of your work, isn't it? Helping people to reinvent themselves in a more authentic way.
1: Absolutely, because uh, I've, I've, you know, we always learn what we are going to teach. So. Right. <laughs> so uh-huh. I've had to really, you know, the big question in my life has been, who am I? Who am I really? Right. Am I my conditioning? Am I what other people say I am? Am I crazy, or is the world crazy? Hmm. This, these have been really deep things that I've explored in my journey to try to understand and then what creates happiness like what is a happy life what what is the perfect life I had the check boxes and I thought okay if (laughs) I did these things right I'm going to be happy but it wasn't making me happy it was making me crazy actually (laughs) so this whole concept of like what is crazy is is it crazy to want to be free or is it crazy to to take a pill you know what's crazy (laughs) So yep. there's been a lot of um, a, lot, a of th- lot of that stuff going y- on in my journey. <laughs> you
0: got a lot of thumbs up on that one <laughs> from yeah. the Facebook Live.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because we all feel crazy at some time. I mean, whenever we we step on this path where we question society's values and we question our conditioning and we question what we've been told our whole life, uh, it you do feel a little bit ungrounded. You do feel a little bit uh, crazy because you know, you're one of the few people doing it. There aren't that many people out there really questioning things. I mean, I feel like now today more and more people are questioning it, but it still feels like a drop in the bucket compared to most people. So you do look at yourself in the mirror and go, why am I doing this? Am I completely nuts? Until you have those experiences that really confirm that you're not nuts, right?
1: No, because you connect with source, and I think that's really... This is, it's a realignment. You know, if I if yeah. I had to just put one nutshell on it, it's a realignment from social conditioning and uh, getting your sense of security and your sense of self from outside of you to really the inner alignment, right. that inner knowing and the way that the conversation with the divine wants to happen through you and express as you. Right. That is the realignment. And the thing is, Sam, nobody can understand your journey.
0: Right. Right, because it's your unique journey.
1: Yeah, nobody's journey looks like yours, and that's what makes the whole thing so crazy, really, that we all think that we're going to somehow have a group consensus or we're going to connect somehow and we're all going to know, understand each other's journeys. We're never going to understand each other's journeys. I mean, look at how much goes on inside of you, like inside your head, inside your body, inside your feelings.
3: Right. Right. You
1: cannot convey that complexity to another person. It's right. so much.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. It, it, and it's so unique and it's so different. And it's like, how do you describe it? And how do you describe all of your experiences that led you to this point? I mean, it, you're absolutely right in your choices and why you made those choices. It is really, it's such a, a, an infinitely intricate little puzzle that, yeah, it, it's like... Uh, like giving a caveman a Rubik's cube and trying to (laughs) tell him, okay, here, play with this. He's like going to look at it and go, what the hell is this? And probably bash it with a club. Um, (laughs) So uh, I'm just curious. We just got a couple of minutes before going to break. So what are some of the, if maybe there are some quick tools or tips that you can give our audience who are maybe feel like they're in that process themselves you know a lot of people feel like they're in the middle of an upheaval in the middle in the midst of great change right now like what are some things that you recommend to your clients to help them through periods of change like this
1: well the first thing that i invite people to do is to learn how to open sacred space and the indigenous way of doing that is to invite the four directions into your day. So welcoming the south, the west, the north, the east, the earth below, the stars, the sun, and the moon above, and the great spirit, God, source, creator, Yahweh, whatever your word is. But to invite, you know, all that is in creation here on earth to support you in being less crazy.
3: You know, Mm. so
1: (laughs) in extricating from the human insanity for a Mm. moment so you can tap in, because nature isn't crazy, Right. Nature is very sane. Right. It's very clear. And that is the number one thing is to really get in nature, open sacred space, get your feet, your bare feet on the ground, tap into a tree, you know, just get sane again because if you're around too many humans for too long, <laughs> you can feel that craziness seeping back in again.
0: Absolutely, so especially if you live in a definite. big city
1: yeah I, and you know I think rattles were invest, invented for a reason, you know uh, <laughs> so you can shake it off. Uh, so I okay. often recommend that people get a rattle you know and shake their energy field off, get that you know just shake it clear because when' we're, when we're seeing that Maya, that illusion, it's very alluring
3: yeah. but
1: it's but it's not real. and right, right. you know you can you can run the experiment when you're angry with somebody. Is to take a moment, go outside, connect in with nature, get some really good deep breaths in, rattle off your energy field, get grounded, connect with a tree until you really feel clear again and take another look at it. Hmm. Probably you're going to see it different. And that's what I'm talking about. The Maya, the delusion, the illusion is very thick. And you've got to be aware of that right. when you're perceiving around your life that it's right. probably you're perceiving some shadowy stuff. Right.
0: Right right exactly exactly okay i want you to hold it there believe it or not it's time for us to take the last break of the show so when we come back let's just uh talk a little bit more about some basic things people can do today to support themselves and then how to get in touch with you okay carrie
1: awesome
0: all right wonderful and thank you i see lisa noreen fellow talkradio.nyc host and william on the facebook live thank you for joining us we're, 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 we're coming into the home stretch, but we're just getting started. So stay with us. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And we'll be right back after these messages.
1: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
4: talkingalternative.com
0: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour has been Carrie Hummingbird, amazing redheaded hummingbird that she is, uh, talking all about uh, the shamanic work, healing work, and and uh, her beautiful path. So, um, uh, Carrie, you're out in Austin, Texas. You know, it, it's uh, n- not not quite like New York City, but it is a little bit of a city. Um, What do you feel are like the special challenges that people living in cities face um, compared to people who are a little bit closer to nature and have a little more nature around them? Well, what what can people living in big cities do to help to ground themselves and and really reconnect back to nature?
1: You know, I think the major thing that is a difference is that people in cities can never get away from the collective consciousness. Mm. And that is... Such a challenging thing when you're constantly immersed. It's sort of like never leaving the insane asylum and walking around (laughs) in it all day long and never getting free of it. You start to believe it. You start to really believe the collective chaos. And so I really recommend that people um, claim their space. It's a really uh, powerful thing you can do Mm. with crystals, crystals being a really good ally uh, in our journey.
3: Right
1: to actually claim your space and create a crystal grid around your space and create sort of like a cone of silence, you know, so like breaking the connections with other individuals that might be habitating close by where you are so that you can have some peace to find your own signal. Because when there's so many cross signals, it's hard to know what to do because there's Mm. all this pinging and interference and static in the air because you can't hear yourself think. So I think um, just to be conscious that that's happening That when you're in a a lot, when you're around a lot of people, that you are getting mixed signals and interference from other people's energy bodies. That you're not, um, you know, it's harder to tune into your own station in that in that situation.
0: Right, and that's where like doing boundary work and having strong energetic boundaries and emotional boundaries becomes so important. So that, you know, you, you know where you end and somebody else begins so that we can learn to recognize, hmm, this isn't really like this anger I'm feeling right now. It's not really my anger. It's really that that angry person who bumped into me on the subway earlier today. And and I need to, like, let that energy go because it's actually not my energy.
1: Yeah. And I think being mindful about not making up stories about the energies, right? Ah, because Yes. A lot of times we make up stories about it, and then it fixates it into our being. You know, then Mm. we claimed it, we took responsibility for it, and it might not even belong to you. And I love that you gave that that example of the subway.
0: Right, right, yeah. Absolutely, because we're bumping into people all day long in different situations, different circumstances. And I've just noticed it myself. I've become more acutely aware of it from doing my own shamanic work especially like it's it's definitely intensified in ceremony and I'm able to be more aware of it in ceremony when I'm picking up somebody else's feeling, somebody else's energy. Um, but that's by doing it in ceremony, that's helped me to also be more conscious of it outside of ceremony um, when I'm just kind of going around and, and feeling something that, that it might not be mine. And just to remember to ask myself that question, is this mine, is such an important question, isn't it?
1: it's such an important question and you know there's also what what do you think is true i love this because uh uh, i want to share because you mentioned ceremony and one of the things i realized in ceremony is some of the ways that we think in our society are completely ass backwards (laughs) so like one example is tobacco Like we have this idea that tobacco is terrible, like it's just bad for you, and we want to quit the tobacco, and we want to not have it anymore. When actually my experience in the jungle of tobacco is tobacco is a clearing agent, and it's a healer, it's a powerful teacher, it's a medicine, and it's something that indigenous people have used for years. Like you know, centuries to to send prayers, right? Tobacco right. is a powerful teacher, but right. we treat tobacco like it's you know either like an addiction or like it's bad.
0: Right. Well, well, I, and a lot of that I think has come from the industrialization of how we treat tobacco, how we grow tobacco, how we process tobacco. But when you get to the pure forms, the mapacho that the South Americans do, which is much more natural, it 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 can be used as a de- detoxifying agent. I know that there. Um, One of the practices, one of the indigenous practices is actually drinking uh, a liquid with tobacco in it that uh, causes the body to release like all these toxins we hold on to. And it just to me, it was so funny when I first learned about this because we tend to think of tobacco as one of the ways that toxins get into our body. But that's not the way it's uh, treated in, in the indigenous cultures, right?
1: Yeah, so I actually did dieta with tobacco, and mm-hmm. uh, so I drank the liquid, and I had it come into my body, and when it joined my consciousness, I became aware of how powerful it is ah. as a healer, as a detoxifier, and not only that, but it is as a strengthener of your general field, and I, so I wouldn't recommend that anybody out there just go drink tobacco juice. This was right. something I did with a very experienced shaman in the right. jungle,
3: right. but
1: what I would say is that you can really have a respect for the medicine, and I think that's the key. It's like, do you have respect for it as a teacher or are you using it for a quick high?
3: Right. And I would right. say
1: the same for marijuana in that, in that case yes. as well. Yes. So when I'm talking about this, I guess, Sam, is to just say, like, switch your thinking up about things. Like, some things you think might be really true because it's culturally accepted might actually be distorted and not completely true. There could be, there aren't a lot of, like, right. forever knows. Like, right. there are some yes in this condition. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you really hit the nail on the head when you talked about how it's the way we treat these sacred substances. And I know for myself, I'm guilty of it as well. When I discovered these things when I was in high school and college, I did not treat them sacredly. I, I had nobody to kind of guide me in a, at that time in a way to, to treat it in a sacred manner. So for me, it was all recreational. And, and this, I find, is, is one of the biggest challenges, is that so many people treat this stuff so mundanely and not realizing that some of these substances are such sacred medicines. And again, like you do not take medicine every single day. You take medicine for specific purposes and when you need it. But the way some people treat... Uh, um, cannabis and and tobacco and and other substances they treat it like it 's just uh, you know just something that they can do anytime they want w- without having this this energy of the sacredness of the plant uh, with it and when you lose the sacredness, then you lose actually the real power don 't you
1: yeah and it's and it's also the intent of using it too, right, so a lot right. of people use for for example marijuana they 'll use that. To escape, right? right? So I imagine in New York, too, right. a lot of people that use marijuana is like, because they're like, this is overwhelming. I can't handle all these freaking people around me. I, I can't handle my day and all the chaos. So I'm going to desensitize myself by smoking marijuana. Or I'm going to desensitize right. myself right. by drinking alcohol. Right. But actually, these are tools that you can use to go into the experience of the discomfort to right. find out what is so uncomfortable about it, to To learn the lesson of the thing that you need to enact in your life so as to not keep creating a situation of discomfort. So the discomfort is there to teach you that you have something you need to learn. So, for example, like maybe it just bothers you that you go on the subway and all these people are angry and you pick it up and you go home and now you feel bad. And if you smoke the marijuana, maybe you feel better for a moment, but it's going to also come back and whip you in the butt because you're going to get depressed. So it's like you could use it instead as a way of understanding where were my what was going on for me and what do I need to understand. And if you work with the medicine that way, the medicine might tell you, "Hey, you picked up some energy from other people and you need to shake it off or you need to learn how to have boundaries right. or you need to learn right. how to ground." And the medicine will tell you that.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. So you not
1: put it at, you know.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely because when you treat it in a sacred manner and you 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 tilt consciousness is the way I like to frame it. You tilt consciousness and then you go into this altered state and then you ask questions and then you you really look at yourself and dig deeply. It can really serve you and can really help you along your path.
1: Absolutely. And it's there to serve us. It's there to help us because we're an earth school and this is not an easy school to be in
3: (laughs) so we need
1: (laughs) all the help we can get why we have all the crystals and the rocks and the animals and everything
0: right right absolutely absolutely so carrie it's been wonderful having you on the show today why don't just real quickly we just got a couple of minutes before we wrap up how do you work with people where can people find you how do they get in touch with you all that good stuff
1: well, I like to work with people in group circles. I teach mm-hmm. butterfly medicine, reinvent yourself. There's a free gift I actually have that people can download. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a reinvent yourself book, and it's available at my website, carryhummingbirdcom forward slash gift. And if people are interested in my next book, which is coming out really soon, mm-hmm. uh, July 27th, it's called The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama and that book is available at thesecondwave.media.
0: Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Excellent. So, this the, the second wave book. Doc, dot
1: media, dot which is media. a little odd, but I couldn't get dot .com, so Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay.
1: Dot
0: .media. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll put that I'm going to put that on the Facebook live right now. Um, and that's wonderful. And so people can just get in touch with you through your website.
1: Yeah, through my website, and uh, when they download any of the gifts at either of those sites, they'll get added to my email list, and they'll get an invitation to do a discovery call or to check out the offers I have available at the time. And Yeah, there's lots of ways to play because we're in the time right now. This is the time we're going to really take it to the next level with our consciousness and wake up even more and start that journey of, you know, really finding out what are these conscious vessels capable of doing.
0: Right. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to come on the show today. I so appreciate you. And I'm so grateful that we were finally able to arrange this.
1: Thank you so
0: much, Sam. I love you loads. Love you loads, too. And thank you, my loyal listeners. Thank you to everybody who's been tuning in on the on the Facebook Live and on talkradio.nyc. And please, if, if this was an interesting conversation, if you got something out of it, even if it was one little nugget, let me know and share this. Share it with your friends. Uh, let's get this information out there. Let's not keep it secret um, because there are a lot of people out there who need to hear these things that we're talking about. Uh, and just to let everybody know, next week, 4th of July, we're off for the holiday. There's no shows on the 4th or the 5th. And we will be back on the following week. I guess it's July 11th. So thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate you all. And we will talk to you not next week, but in two weeks. So we will talk to you then. Take care.
2: Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc.
4: I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply
0: email at info at Alternative. Talking
4: Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m. we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc.
1: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.